Welcome to Arkansas AgCast, your source for the latest news and views in Arkansas agriculture. Arkansas AgCast is produced by the Arkansas Farm Bureau Federation. Welcome to the Arkansas AgCast for November 5th. I'm your host, Bruce Tincleave. This week, we talked to Ashley County farmer James Meeks about issues facing specialty crop farmers, and we hear from Dustin Cowell of Newton County about conservation and stewardship of land and water in his area. We also learn about a new farmer apprenticeship program launching in January through the University of Arkansas. First, Arkansas Farm Bureau's Ken Moore talks to James Meeks, owner of Triple M Farms, a commercial tomato, watermelon, and U-Pick producer operation near Hamburg. Ken spoke with him following Arkansas Farm Bureau's Resolution Committee meeting about his production this year and the issues facing specialty crop farmers. I'm Ken Moore, and today I'm visiting with Mr. James Meeks. He's owner of Triple M Farms, uh, a produce operation, a tomato and watermelon and and you pick produce operation down in Hamburg, Arkansas, in Ashley County. And uh, James, uh, to, I'd like to talk about, as a commercial produce grower in, in Hamburg, you know, what type of year you had this year uh, growing tomatoes and, uh, and just what your growing season was like and how it might have been better or worse than previous years. Well, this year started out being extremely wet. We had trouble getting our product in the field, or our tomatoes in the field uh we uh were started out late started out behind we ended up with a better than average crop but we were still off about 400 or so units an acre which uh given uh the input cost uh kind of a break even year at best but we were uh uh, given our uh, UPIC operation, the watermelons, uh, our retail operations was better than average because the local people had no gardens, had no uh, way of producing, so that uh, kind of helped us out on the, that end of it. But the as far as uh, our, retail, our wholesale operation, we were just late getting started, and uh, the markets wasn't quite as well as they would have been if it was two weeks earlier. But uh, quality quality of your tomatoes how and your watermelons how'd that turn out watermelons was extremely good uh tomato quality was uh, fair to or, or better than fair but uh we uh being late the heat caught us on the tail end of the operation uh we uh water at different it, it was all revolved around the weather and uh, the weather harmed us as i said about 400 units an acre so that kind of cuts into your profit it was an unusual year once again, and it seems like lately we've had uh, some strange and not optimal growing conditions. We had high heat in September, and that can't be good for growing tomatoes on the back end. Well, we were by that time, we were already finished with our tomato operation. We did not plant a fall crop as we normally do. We normally have pumpkins and watermelons in the fall, but this year it just didn't work out so we could get them planted. But uh, the operation... Uh, uh, we also have commercial uh, cow-calf operation, and it, the, uh, it kept us busy. It, it kind of, uh, we actually really had a good hay uh, because of the rain early that uh, it took us that long to uh, get caught up. Uh, but uh, the, as far as the produce season, uh, after it turned, when the weather changed, it changed. If we had had produce in the field, it would have just cut us off. We wouldn't, uh, it would have pretty well killed us. How is your U-Pick operation growing with local uh, consumers and, and those down in uh, southeast Arkansas? I know that 
is a popular thing for people to come, and you have a large variety of vegetables for them to choose from. It's growing every year. We really uh, we started out just small, and we try to build it a little every year, trying to uh, – we have a lot of people that brings their kids or grandkids out there to show them this is how squash is raised. This is how uh, we're uh, – okra comes from this is where cucumbers from come from uh and we also have uh heirloom type tomatoes which is the older they're not suitable to ship so and they do taste better so we have a a big clientele we have people from as far away as jonesboro uh little rock uh, perigo uh come and uh uh purchase it just just to come and uh, of course a lot of those resale they'll buy it at the UPIC carry it back and resell it or they'll put it up and can it uh as I said it grows every year it's a good uh it's and I I handle that mainly because that's kind of what I like to do I like to deal with the people I like to uh hear what they're doing where they're going with it what they're doing or the older generation want to show the young generation what uh, where their food comes from yeah, sure. And when I visited your uh, farm uh, back early in the summer, and I saw truckload after truckload of tomatoes and watermelons being loaded up, uh, your produce, your watermelons and tomatoes, and I think they were going back home to reseal, as you said, uh, and they come as far away as uh, Texas, Oklahoma, out of state. That's right. We do have a, we've built up a good reputation, have a good quality product. Uh, the watermelons are sweet. Cantaloupes are large, and uh, tomatoes are good, so that's uh, what they look for. We have reasonable prices. The people, uh, and we try to treat everybody uh, well, and and we just have a good following. And people come back year after year. Some of these people, uh, uh, over the last twenty or thirty years, we've grew up with. Uh, they uh, they say they've seen my kids grow up over the years, and they that's they don't see when I'm there. Where, where, where are they at? Where's this one at, or where's that one? They know and expect. Uh, they like to see these people. They like to see the family uh, farm atmosphere. They see everybody there and doing uh, uh, their job. Now, technology is uh, changing the way that some produce, fruits, and vegetables are grown uh, and extending the growing seasons for some. The high tunnel technology, because people always will buy and look for locally grown. We have really investigated the uh, high tunnel, especially on the front end of the tomato growing season for uh, uh, squash, cucumbers, tomatoes. People, the earlier you can get them off, the better. We do something that others, uh, uh, we cover up our tomatoes on extreme when it gets extremely cold, uh, and that uh, kind of helps. Uh, as I said, we have kind of looked into the high tunnels or, or the low tunnels. Uh, we've just not just... Uh, labor issues is part of the reason it just is so labor intensive and uh issues so we're we we say we're going to and then when it gets down to it the money kind of and the time and that time of year when you've got to put everything in at one time it's just not enough of us to do uh what we need to do in that short time but i i really would uh, uh interested in trying the the low tunnels and getting stuff in early yeah, and just talk briefly then too about uh, how you're reaching out to some reputable and, and notable, I should say, uh, commercial vendors, uh, your clients that uh, that want your tomatoes and and other products that you can supply them with. I know that uh, uh, you you have some good connections there, and, and we should be proud of that here in Arkansas. We sell uh, most of our 
produce is sold and logistic handled by Jim Tomato, which uh, we go to people like Walmart, Kroger, Subway, uh, Snooks out of central uh, Missouri, uh, Illinois. That area is, is probably one of our bigger customers. Uh, they, uh, and we adhere to the produce safety rules, uh, audits. We, uh, it's, 20-something government agencies look over our shoulder to see, uh, make sure that uh, the produce we're selling is safe It's uh, and it's uh, not going to hurt you when you eat it. Sure. That's, uh, it's, sure. that's a big concern with the consumer today, the, uh, uh, the uh, record-keeping. That's a big part of my job is uh, to make is to fill out the records, make sure that everything we do is documented, time, place, from the time we spray a product, or when we put something in the field, the kind of varieties we use, uh, produce we use, tomatoes. We use several different varieties just because one variety is better early, the other late. Some of them is more resistant to rain than others. It's just kind of a, it's a, it's used to you'd plant one variety and, and go on. Now you've got to, you, you hedge your bets wherever you can. Well, we've just completed this uh, policy development process, or at least a discussion of the resolutions. Uh, specialty crops are, are growing. It's very important. Arkansas is such a diverse state agriculturally, and, and so it's important for you as a grower and a producer to be engaged in that conversation, isn't it, and with other growers such as yourself across the state of Arkansas. What are some of the issues that are affecting Arkansas produce growers right now, and why is this process of having this dialogue so important? Well, the food safety, the FISMA rule, food safety rule is a new rule. Uh, EPA has come up. All produce uh, growers or all food handlers above a $25,000 cap has got to adhere to it. Uh, that's one of the new issues of food safety. The labor is always an issue with us. Uh, the produce, uh, of course, the specialty crops uh, segment, uh, the bees, I did not realize until I got involved with the specialty crops of the Farm Bureau how important the bee producers are to the state and what they do. Uh, I'm very impressed with uh, their operation. A new thing coming along is hemp production and uh uh, the new challenges, what's legal, what's not, what can be used. Uh, we have, uh, of course, we have pest, uh, feral hogs. We talked earlier. Uh, it's, uh, we all have similar problems, and, but, uh, and we're all here trying to make a living and uh, trying to figure out how we best can do it and work with each other on uh, some of the and you get to, you get ideas from different people and and how they do it and uh, what goes on I, I I go to I was in uh, uh Missouri last week I stopped in Springfield at a farmers market just to look and see what different people was doing to see if I could have any ideas to add to my uh own farm market to uh to help me out well, James, thank you so much for being involved in uh, in this process and taking time away from your farm to come up here to be a part of the uh, discussion uh, this week. And I hope you have a great holiday season uh, coming up, and uh, we'll look forward to seeing and hoping that 2020 is another outstanding year for you down at Triple M Farm. We sure hope so, That's, and so does my banker. <laughs> <laughs> I've been speaking with James Meeks, uh, owner of Triple M Farms. They're located 
uh, between Monticello and Crossit down there uh, in just outside of Hamburg. Uh, if you want to make your way to southeast Arkansas next spring and summer, it's worth the drive, isn't it, James? It's worth the drive, and you can find some outstanding watermelons and tomatoes down there, plus some outstanding local produce. That's correct. Come on, bring your money and, and spend it locally with us. <laughs> Be speaking to James Meeks on this edition of Arkansas AgCast. Next, Greg Patterson talks to Heather Frederick about the University of Arkansas's new farmer apprenticeship program, which launches in January and is recruiting people to apply by December 15th. Frederick explains how the new program combines classroom work with on-the-farm experience. This is Greg Patterson, and on this edition of Farm Bureau's Arkansas AgCast, we're talking with Heather Frederick, And she's at the uh, University of Arkansas, works in the horticulture department as a program manager. And Heather, you've got a really neat program that you're kicking off. It's an agriculture farmer apprenticeship program. And kind of explain how how, how this got started. Well, we have been working on this program for, um, developing this program for a few years now. Um, We've, you know, we have a a long history of... um, working with uh, organic production methods and sustainable production methods, doing production research on that, and then also working with um, farmers markets in the area. Um, I I work with a lot of the farmers markets to um, coordinate some different programs, such as the Double Your Dollar program. Um, And many of these many of these markets um, are, are experiencing uh, are, they're having a hard time finding farmers to meet those markets, um, especially the ones that are newer and, and not as established. Um, and then, you know, also thinking about the future of farming um, in Arkansas more broadly, um, and then in, in Northwest Arkansas as well, um, the next generation, the next generation of farmers. You know, who who will be farming our land in in twenty years? There's going to be a big you know, turnover in, in, in ag lands in the next, you know, 20, 30 years. Right. Um, because we have, a, because our farmers are, you know, they're getting older like we all are. Um, but where's, you know, who's going to be farming that land in the years to come? And where are they going to get the skills to do that? And, um, you know, we're not working with um, just organic farms. And, you know, I, I mentioned organic farms right off the bat, but we're working with a broad array of farms. Sure. At least this year, it's just in Northwest Arkansas because this is our, you know, our first year, but um, in, in future years, we're hoping to expand it out to other areas of Arkansas as well, um, working with farmers across the state, um, especially to provide some experiences in, you know, most of our farms in, in Northwest Arkansas are really pretty small um, farms, but, you know, in other parts of the state that I know they're larger. Right. Um, and we're mostly working with food crops. So, well, crops in particular, but also some um, livestock production as well, especially those farms that are doing both um, um, farm and, or, sorry, especially the farms that are working both with, um, you know, vegetable or flower or production sure, and then also sure. some livestock production. So, you know, being in the horticulture department, you know, that's kind of like our our first kind of, you know, our lowest hanging you know, group of farmers that we're we're working with are, are going to be those you know farmers that are doing the horticultural crops because we know them and um, we have a better understanding of those systems. So those are the first farmers that we're working with. But we are also looking to expand to 
other types of farmers as well. So Yeah, that, that sounds outstanding. Well, it, it's pretty exciting to hear that this program is going to kick off because, as you say, we have a, an aging farmer uh, population. I believe it's anywhere from 52 or 58 to 62 years old, depending on what survey you, you happen to be reading at the time. It sounds to me like um, in, in the initial phases of this, you're going to be concentrating on, on the smaller uh, farms, uh, whether it's horticulture or, or uh, you know, fruit, vegetable, kind of the, the farmer's market type folks. Um, yes, in a sense, um, but we're also hoping um, to, to work on developing some markets that can also reach more wholesale types of markets as well. Um, not us in particular, but we're working with, um, it's called the Food Conservancy. They're a nonprofit based out of uh, Missouri, and they're, um, you know, working on efforts to um, do some aggregation of products. And so, you know, it might be um, a group of farmers that aggregate a product, their products, or uh, um, a particular set of products that can, you know, they can be aggregated and, and meet a larger market, say, for a food service operation or, um you know, to um, a specialty market, um, but they're, but they are, you know, aggregating those products. Each one of them individually, maybe a small farm, but collectively, collectively together, and with some coordination, they can grow enough to to meet um, larger markets. Now, explain um, the program itself. These apprenticeships, how long do they last? What what are the dynamics? that you envision as you get involved in this program? Yeah, so um, the program lasts anywhere from 10 months to two seasons, two, two years, essentially. Um, you know, each, there's a lot of flexibility we've built into this program um, based on, you know, farmer needs and uh, apprentice interests. Um, so each year we're gonna have a set of 12 classes that um, the apprentices attend and that's for a number of reasons. Um, you know, one, number one, it's to provide a, a base, a baseline information of knowledge going into these farms. Um, number two is to provide um, who are you know service providers in the area. Who do you go to for you know whatever this need that you have? Um, and then number three, it's you know networking opportunities. So those are three of the big reasons that we have those classes. And then. Um, those are those begin in January and we're wrapped up with those most of those by um, the end of February and then we have three more that we have um, throughout the production season to get people together again and so they can share notes about their experiences um, and so you know after that after they get to the on farm education components those last. Um, you know, depending on what type of farm it is, if it's a, you know, a vegetable flower farm, it might last until, you know, right about this time of the year. Um, but if it's a, you know, a, if they have a livestock component, you know, it could go year round. And so that's why we have that kind of flexibility built in there. Um, so, yeah, you, that, so, that, so you're actually going to send farmers to school, to the classroom as well. I Yes, yes. And then, you know, once they do go on farm, we'll be checking in with them every two months to, you know, well, even and, and more if needed, um, especially in the beginning, you know, few weeks, because, you know, everybody's just, you know, getting used to the 
um, situation, but we'll be checking in on them every two months to do these kind of assessments to make sure that they're learning skills. Um, they're not just like, you know, doing the t same task day in and day out. You know, this is a learning experience for these apprentices. And so we want to make sure that they are indeed, you know, gaining experience and knowledge and skills. So that's what our role is after, um, you know, we conduct these classes. What's your uh, expectation as far as I'm sure it's it's kind of a roll of the d dice, but you probably thought in terms of how many folks you'll actually get to apply for these apprenticeships. Is there a, a number you're hoping to reach? Well, this first year we can place up to six. Um, we're working with four different farms in Northwest Arkansas, and they range from you know organic vegetable producer and flower producer to uh, an integrated. Um, vegetable and, and livestock operation. So we've got, um, you know, a, a nice range of, of experiences available um, for apprentices. Um, and so we're hoping to get at least, you know, four. This is our initial year, so we're going to, you know, work out a bunch of kinks. I'm sure we're, as, as much planning and thought has gone into the process, I'm sure we're going to um, come across things that we're like, oh, yeah, we didn't plan very well for this scenario. So, you know, this first year we're working out the kinks, um, and yeah, we really want to have, you know, four to six apprentices. Wow. That that sounds like it'll be, um, to me, off the top of my head, I'm thinking there'll be some serious competition for those four to six spots, which will be good because it's kind of like a, a trial run for y'all, too. Like you say, you, yeah. you plan for what you think is going to happen, and then you're going to have to adjust on the fly and on the run. What are you looking, are, are there needs up there in Northwest Arkansas uh, based on the farms that presently exist that, um, you know, the the end user, whether it's a restaurant, whether it's a, a, you know, commercial outfit of some sort that you're trying to to meet um, with these, these uh, groups of, of farms? Yeah. Well, we have, you know, we have a really strong local foods movement or at least awareness up here um, right. in Northwest Arkansas. And it's, you know, not just in Northwest Arkansas. There's other parts of the state, too, that have this, you know, um, local foods, thriving local foods uh, movement. And, you know, we've got um, more and more restaurants that are, you know, sourcing from farmers. Um, but we also, and, and farm to school is becoming, definitely becoming a bigger thing in Arkansas as well. But we have a lot of interest from other kind of institutional markets, those that are serving, um, you know, and that have any kind of food service operation, you know, think about um, preschool schools, but hospitals, nursing homes. There's interest from those kinds of operations um, as well in, in sourcing from our local farmers. Um, and I think that's just, you know, increasing, but we are not, um, organized from a production standpoint to be able to meet those types of markets. Um, and so I think that's one of the, the big needs that we have. If we're going to, if we are going to expand our local and regional food system, it has to go beyond just direct to consumer, um, even though that is an extremely valuable component of our local food system. But we have to be able to be able to meet these other next tier of markets that include you know, like those institutional markets and, you know, um, aggregating products to, to meet these kind of larger market needs. 
So that's something that I hope we achieve in the long run. You know, it's not going to happen, you know, this year or next year right away, but, you know, five and 10 year goals, maybe. Now, um, obviously you're excited about this program and, and it moving forward and, 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 uh, you know, it's Genesis, so to speak. What about, um, some of the farms you're going to be working with? What's the level of, of excitement and interest there? Yeah, I think um, there is a lot of interest in this program among um, among the farmers that I've been talking with. Um, you know, labor is a big issue for um, agriculture in general. Um, being able to, uh, you know, afford, afford labor, but also finding labor that's skilled enough um, to handle, to meet your needs, you know. Um, and so, you know, that's one of the things that they're interested in. Um, two of the farms that we're working with already have a long history of, you know, working with um, interns and apprentices. So they have that real, you know, that mindset of, you know, it, it, it does take a special person to be um, to, to be able to host uh, apprentices because, you know, you're balancing, um, you know, the educational needs of this apprentice, but you're also, you know, managing your own farm business. And so, you know, your best farmer might not be the best farm mentor for an apprentice, you know? Right, So right. it does take a special kind of farm farmer um, to balance those needs. But, you know, I think we've got a really good group of, of um, our farm hosts uh, lined up for this year. Um, two of them have, you know, very long experience history. One of them has um, hosted um, interns for maybe just a year or two. And then another one is, is pretty new to this. Um, kind of arena, but they have a really great operation, um, diversified production, um, diversified markets. And so, um, and, and they're just really great people. So I think they'll do a great job too. Okay. Um, let, let the listeners know, especially uh, the ones that are interested already based on what they've heard. Is, is there a cost to someone to apply? What are the deadlines? Is there a place <laughs> online they can go to or a phone number they can call? Yes, we have all of that. Um, so our website is farmandfoodsystem.uark.edu. Um, this is a project of the University of Arkansas System Division of Agriculture. So, um, you know, we can we are probably pretty easy to find online if you even just search Ag Apprentice in Arkansas. Um, but that is our website. We, you can also find us um, at our acronym. Um, our, our full center name is the Center for Farm and Food System Entrepreneurship. So that is cffse.uark.edu. And we've got all of our information and more information um, uploaded on there. Our, um, you can find our um, apprenticeship application on our, uh, on our apprenticeship page on that website. Right. Um, and the deadline for that is December 15th. Um, and so there's, uh, you can preview the application, and there's a link right there to the application. There is, there's no fee for the application, but there is um, a small fee for the program. It's $285, and that's just to cover some of the expenses for the administration and offering the classes. Right, and, and the classes, it sounds like, are set up to, uh, I think you said they'll run through the end of February, so so that'll free any of the apprentices then to be you know, on the farm as, as work really yes. picks up uh, with mm -hmm, the spring planting and, and everything like that. Well, it sounds like a, a fabulous program. 
Uh, Heather Frederick uh, with the University of Arkansas, and she's with their horticulture department. She's the program manager of the farmer apprenticeship program. And uh, anything else you want to add to what we've talked about so far, Heather? I don't think so. I just want to um, say thanks for helping us get the information out there. This is, you know, we're really excited to be able to offer this program. So um, I hope there is uh, interest around the state. Well, she is Heather Frederick. Uh, I'm Greg Patterson with Arkansas Farm Bureau. We've been talking about the University of Arkansas's new Farmer Apprenticeship Program. Um, and thank you so much for taking time to speak with us, Heather. Thanks, Greg. Finally, Steve Eddington interviews Dustin Cowell, Vice Chairman of Arkansas Farm Bureau's Young Farm and Ranchers who has a cow-calf operation in Mount Judy. Cal recently spoke at a legislative committee meeting in Newton County about the role of farmers in land and water conservation stewardship. He took time to share his thoughts about how farmers and landowners in the area have played a key role in protecting the natural beauty of the Buffalo River watershed. Good afternoon, I'm Steve Eddington here for Arkansas AgCast, and today we have an opportunity to visit with the Vice Chairman of the Arkansas Farm Bureau Young Farmer and Rancher Committee, Dustin Cowell. Uh, Dustin lives in Deer in Newton County, and uh, Dustin, tell us a little bit about yourself, what you do, uh, what you do off the farm, and your family. All right. Thank you, Steve. Uh, appreciate the opportunity to, to be on today. Uh, I'll start out by saying uh, I was born and raised at Deer, went to school at Deer, uh, currently live in Mount Judy, though. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, I've got a cow-calf cow operation, uh, me and my wife and our, our young daughter, uh, Landry Joe about 18 months. We've got cow, calf, and hay, a uh, little timber here and there. I also uh, also do real estate appraisals on, on ag land, uh, poultry farms, any rural properties, just uh, just stay out of town all I can. But uh, Well, it sounds like you got your hands full. Uh, you did have an opportunity recently uh, to speak very passionately uh, from a farmer's perspective uh, about stewardship and conservation uh, during a, uh, a health committee uh, hearing that the legislature had uh, up in Newton County. Uh, and, and share with us a little bit of your thoughts that you shared there with Senator Missy Irving and the rest of those people who were there in attendance uh, about how farmers view conservation and stewardship. Uh, yeah, and I, I wanted to start off uh, and also with the, the comments I made at that meeting, thanking, uh, thanking all the both committees for, for coming to Newton County and Searcy County earlier that day. I wasn't able to attend that meeting, but uh, for coming to, to the watershed, the Buffalo River watershed, and, and engaging with, with stakeholders there where they live, and I really appreciate that and want to express that again. Um, but my comments at that meeting and, and still are that all of these things you know every every single uh before we started that meeting all, every single secretary and a lot of the representatives all expressed how beautiful the, the northwest arkansas and the buffalo river watershed is and how it's been beautiful since the 60s and 70s and um to me it's been the landowners it's been the stakeholders that have have preserved that beauty have preserved that for all those years and for the hundreds of years prior to, to the Buffalo National River becoming a national river. So, so to me, it's just the, the implication that there is a problem and what is, what is it being protected from? I guess it is my biggest thing. Is, is it the farmers? Is it the landowners that, that this river need and this watershed needs to be protected from? Because 
it's those same farmers, those same landholders that have protected it for hundreds of years. My, uh, I'm an eighth generation Newton County resident. My daughter, uh, I mentioned earlier, is gonna be the ninth generation to live not only in Newton County, but on Big Creek. And uh, you know, my, my ancestors and, and many of the other landowners for hundreds of years to me have, have preserved that land, preserved that water quality and you know, what does it need to be protected from is my, my biggest, uh, biggest concern. Cause I don't, I believe the, the implication is it needs to be protected from the, the landowners, from the farmers and we have the most to lose from anything. I mean, we, I don't feel, I feel that, uh, that implication, that, that accusation is, is unjustified. You have an opportunity uh, as part of your off-farm job to interact with a lot of different farmers in different environments. Uh, and I think you've shared with me before your sense and the common thread that you've seen uh, through all of them in their reverence to the land and their protection of the land. And uh, I think that's what you were trying to reference the other day. Yeah, exactly. Um, farmers have the, we get our, we get our livelihood from the land. We we need the water, we need the air, we need the land, we need the soil quality. It's not in our best interest to do anything to hurt that land. It's actually in our best interest to preserve it, to make it more productive. And, and all of that, conservation is in all of that. I mean, because we have to conserve it if we want to remain profitable, if we want to remain in business, if we want to remain on the farms our families have had for years. So really, in, a, in, a, in an odd way, or at least from an odd perspective, conservationists, uh, environmentalists, and farmers are on the same page and that we all want to protect the watershed. We want to make sure that it's uh, here for the future uh, to enjoy and to use. Exactly. That's, I mean, I think uh, that's, that's a common thread. Farmer, I believe farmers are some of the best conservationists in the, in the world. Farmers and hunters are, I believe, two of the best methods we have of conservation um it's it's in our best interest that's that's the threat that's my main point is we're the ones who have the most to lose we have the most stake in it and uh, that's just I, I believe we are the best conservationists there are well thank you and i appreciate you saying that uh so we can move on to a couple other things though i know you guys have some exciting things going on with the Young Farm and Rancher Organization. Uh, share with us a little bit uh, some of your perspectives on the importance of engaging with uh, and growing our young farmers and being an opportunity for them to get together. Uh, yeah, I've been uh, been on the committee now for about three years. It's normally a two-year term, but uh, I, was, I was obviously uh, the vice chair this year, will be the chairman next year. And it's just uh, young farmers getting active. It's you know, the way I look at it, it's honestly our responsibility to kind of take that baton that uh, that our our leadership has had, you know, for so many years. And, and everybody knows farming is a is an aging demographic. The, the the average age of the farmer just keeps getting older and older. So, I believe the the young ones, the few that we are, we just have to be a little bit louder to to convey that message as consistently as it has been in the past. And and the state wife and our committee is just a, another great opportunity to do that. Uh, you know, I've had great experiences, got to go to D.C. once. We're fixing to, to go back here in the next couple of weeks, uh, get to have some one-on-one -on -one time with our delegation and, and just have opportunities like that that I wouldn't have otherwise. And that's just, uh, Wife and R has provided a great opportunity for me for my voice to be heard. 
We've seen uh, increasing numbers uh, at our Young Farmer and Rancher Convention. We've changed the time. We've changed a little bit of the focus to ensure that there's a, a family focus so that people with young children feel comfortable bringing them to the, the YFNR Convention. Talk a little bit about that and uh, when the next uh, Young Farmer and Rancher statewide meeting will be and how people might get involved and participate in that. Yeah, we've, uh, we're still in some of the planning stages, but have, have pretty much everything nailed down for our, our wife and our conference that's going to be February, February the 7th through the 9th in Hot Springs this year. This is going to be the first year we've had it in Hot Springs. Uh, we've got some, uh, going to be kind of a different conference this year, have some, have some uh, different scheduling things, going to go off-site for a meal and some entertainment. I think it's going to be a good time, though. And uh, yeah, we're gonna have some some great speakers. Uh, actually, one speaker is gonna be uh, almost kind of what we're talking about here, conservationist. Uh, he's a logger out of uh, uh, Montana, I believe. But uh, gonna be talking about some things like that. And it uh, just yeah, get get in contact with any any of your field guys, farm bureau offices uh, can sure help to get you get you registered. Uh, the staff there, and and we'd sure love to have anybody we can come out. Well, thank you, Dustin. I appreciate you taking a little time with us today to talk about the conservation and stewardship role of today's young farmers and ranchers. Thanks again. Thank you for joining us for this week's AgCast. We'll be back next Thursday with more interviews and news about Arkansas agriculture.